Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls It is us, Flashback with the homies And we got a very, very, very special guest for everyone I am Ernesto Grumzilla And to my right, I have Elise Rebecca Big Nate And a very special guest with us today Everybody, uh, you might have heard his story. You might have seen his story on Netflix called The Long Shot. Uh, great man, Juan Catalan. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Man. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on, man. And uh, it took a minute. It took a minute, bro, you know, to get you on. <laughs> a little hiccup here and there. Yeah. But we got you on, man. And uh, uh, first of all, congratulations. Los Doyers. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's huge, bro. I think, you know, the whole entire city of LA feels, you know, just, I mean, I'm still, I still can't believe it really. You know, this, you know, this, uh, this patch here on the, on the hat, I don't know if you can see it, but oh, man, yeah. we, we've, been waiting, we've been waiting for that for 32 years, yep. man. That's uh it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Check out Elise. Yeah, she did we're... this on her own. Her nails, showing the nails. She, she flossed oh, out I her little LA nails. Nail. Ah, get in there, get in there. Okay, don't judge me too hard, though. It's my first try. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, nice. So, oh, man. Huh. Hey, ten, definitely a 10 on the effort. Thank hey, you. Right. I appreciate it. I was going to do a little yeah, baseball, course, but yeah. no. Man. <laughs> nice. I like it. Very nice. Yeah, so um, I got to tell you, man, um, I know your story from way back, you know, and we heard about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the Netflix special, man, you know, it was something that actually Elise hooked us mm-hmm. up with because we went to a little get-together, right? We were all hanging out, and everybody's doing their thing, you know, drinking and socializing, and she has the long shot on, out of everything, on, and she's just, come in here, come in here, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. At the party? This. At the yeah. party, bro. No, I, I'm that person. Oh, wow. it was I'm that kinda, person. I was like, what are you making us watch? This I know. is kind of sappy, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, we just like... got there, and I'm like, hey, shots, what's up, my boy, yeah. how you been? And she's like, oh, I forget like, Ernesto, me. sit down. Get by in. the way, come over here. Yeah. 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 I was like, what kind of drama are you putting yeah. in? So we got in. He's the only one who would sit down and watch it with me. We did. We watched it, though. Hooked, right? so good. Because I'm listening to the story. And I'm like, yo, this is LA, you know, this could ha- I'm, that's where I'm from, you know, I'm from the Pico Union mm-hmm. area. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this could happen anywhere, right? It, it right. to any yeah. of us. And and as I'm watching it, I'm just hooked, right? The party no mm-hmm. longer exists. We're watching this. We're we're hooked. We're just stuck <laughs> yeah. to the TV. And I'm and, just like, just wait, just wait. And <laughs> I pull my phone out, dog. I pull my phone out and I looked you up right away on Instagram. And I'm like, yo, Elise. If I get a response, I'm gonna I'm show. I'm gonna shoot it out, right? I'm just gonna say, "Hey, want to be on my podcast? We just watched it, <laughs> not expecting anything from it." And I go, "If he responds and he's down, I go, you're in." <laughs> <laughs> she's watched it like eight times now because she's made little... everybody watch it. <laughs> yeah, because the okay, story. Don't embarrass me though. I'm fan and, like it right is kind of like it's kind of cool because of how fast it, it is. Oh. You know, it's so a very it, it nice length documentary. Yeah. Oh, and as as uh, Elise's husband, uh, I I I've seen it now three full times, 
And uh, and the last time I saw it was actually today, and and I, I still find myself uh, okay, teary, weeping. Te- weeping. No, he and, and, and he, like, he oh man, it's just it's just such a, an incredible story. And, and thank, no, yeah. thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to ask you some questions. Definitely, man. Oh, oh no, you're welcome, and a very special thank you to Elise. You know, thank <laughs> you for uh, for putting it out there. I appreciate that. Oh, and I do, I yeah. do quite a bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, any chance she gets. Well, you know, I think I'm. I love true crime, and it originally, you know, you the picture on Netflix is like red circle, very true crime. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, you're just so used to a bad ending, and yes. so used to, especially in 2020, just having something have a good ending and the right thing happen at the end of the story, and then all the amazing things that happen to make that happen. It's just like. Still gives me goosebumps. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I didn't know that, you know, that's a super popular uh, category, the crime doc, you know, true crime. And, you know, a lot of people just, um, you know, they it, it takes them in really quick. Like it, the story and um, the way it's told, you know, it sucks you in right away. Um, but, yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate all that. Appreciate the love, the support. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The documentary is just so well done. Yeah. Um, so when you uh, when you got the deal with Netflix, how mm-hmm. do, how did they come? Up, how did they approach you to do a story was, on this subject? It, was, it wasn't a um, a deal uh, with Netflix. It was um, so it was a bunch of kids. Well, I mean, I call them kids, but I mean they're they're you know now probably in their early thirties now. But um, back when they approached us, I mean. That was about, I want to say maybe seven years ago, I want to say that they approached us with this project. And, you know, originally it was supposed to be a about um, they wanted to do like a full feature film, um, maybe about an hour and a half. And then, you know, throughout the the process, you know, they I don't know if it was contacts through them. It had to have been. But, um, you know, Netflix um, became, you know, um, very interested in the project and you know Netflix uh, once they came on board um, you know they told the director and and all the other uh, crew that it was going to be cut down to 40 minutes because they specifically wanted it in a um, the short documentary um, category which could not be over 40 minutes not a second over oh wow so from an hour and a half uh I mean, I mean, there's like a lot of footage that was just didn't even make the cut because of that time, you know, the time frame that was given to them. So it became 40 minutes. But, you know, a lot of people I've been asked and, you know, they want to know, you know, there's all these gaps in between and, you know, before, during and after that, um, you know, they nobody ever got to see. So, um, you know, doing podcasts like this, you know, I'm. I'm, you know, more than uh, willing to, you know, answer any questions you guys may have about it. We have questions about those <laughs> gaps, bro. That's for real. I mean, we were all storm. Uh, what do you call it? Stormtrooping or no, brainstorming? Brainstorming. Yeah. brainstorming. <laughs> I'm the smart one of the bunch, bro. I like I like stormtrooping. I, was, better. Yeah. I would I would rather call we were storm storm braining about yeah. well, like that exact thing though, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. like all the little gaps because your story it seemed like it was like. 
uh, one thing after another, after another, after another, and then mm-hmm. boom, over, right? Happy ending. But yeah. like you said, there's a bunch of little things in there that I personally had questions about. And mm-hmm. Elise and Nate and Becky, they all have all these questions. So uh, let's kick it off. Elise, jump on. Well, don't, we don't want to bombard you too much either, but um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll pick and choose. You're not going to get like a all right, question. sure. Um, I think one of the one of the main ones was um, your experience and like the time frame. I think it's hard to to really understand like how long you were actually in jail and your experience of of what it was. Experience everything that we saw going out out on outside and all the information coming to you what was it like how long were you there and and kind of the process of hearing information come to you in real time um i mean it seemed like an eternity um actual jail time from uh, start to finish had to have been about six months of actual jail time uh you know as the days you know from being taken in from day one to um, you know, leading on up to the actual um, preliminary hearing, which is when, you know, Todd was able, my attorney, Todd Melnick, was able to do, you know, his thing. It seemed, you know, like I said, an eternity. Uh, it was day after day that, you know, I never saw anything change or, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I at times, you know, just felt and in, fell into like depression and, despair and hopelessness that, you know, I was never going to go home. Like that was it. That was either going to, you know, get uh, sentenced to life in prison or, you know, if, um, you know, gone to trial, had we gone to trial and, you know, God forbid we would have lost, you know, they would have definitely seek the death penalty against me. So, I mean, from just, you know, from having bad days to good days, uh, it was just a, 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 I want to say, I think a nightmare is a g- good way to put it. And just like, I was never able to, to wake up. Um, you know, the, I think from the first time from day one to actually getting some good news, like, you know, knowing who exactly was filming at Dodger stadium, it probably took about, I don't know, I want to say about th- uh, three months before I even knew, you know, that Todd was able to, to find out who was shooting at Dodger stadium and what exactly like the, um, the show that was there, because that, that definitely, you know, gave me hope that, you know, there was a, a chance of, of me, you know, going home actually. And so you're, you get locked up. Now you got picked up, uh, go on your way to work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was AM, right? Early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early in the morning, man, on my way to work, you know, normal day, you know, like, like any other day. And yeah, I got picked up and they said that, um, you know, like six hours later, you know, the detectives finally pulled me into the interrogation room and, you know, tell me that, you know, I was being arrested for the murder of Martha Puebla. It was like, you know, 16-year-old girl, 15, 16-year-old girl, and, and she actually ended up, she was actually pregnant also. Right. So I think a lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was just bad all around. And that was in, in your neighborhood, in your barrio that you were living in? yeah. Yeah, you know, I grew up in some valley for uh, lived in grew grew up in some valley for the better part of twenty years, man. And um, you know, as kids growing up in summer, playing little league there down the street, you know, going to the the local parks, and you know, you know, we grew up there, man. That was our that that that's that's where we're from. And 
you know, th this particular, you know, where Martha lived, I didn't know her, never met her uh, at all. And, you know, my cousin, the, you know, the weirdest part that I still, you know, still kind of freaks me out to this day is that um, the block where Martha lived was the exact same block where my cousin lived. And that's my, my best, my best cousin, like, like a brother to me. And, you know, I can't tell you from the age of, I don't know what the age of eight to, you know, to, to 20 or whatever it was, you know, we always, it was a like five block difference. And we always, you know, walked, rode bikes, drove, you know, drove and never, I, I knew that Martha lived on that block until that, you know, this happened. He didn't know her? Mm -mm. Oh man. Nope, not at all, man. That's that's crazy. That's so absolutely insane. You uh, they they lock you up, right? You go inside. Mm -hmm. Six hours later, they're telling you that mm -hmm. you're being charged with murder. Mm -hmm. And do they? Are you over at the men's uh, jail? Um, when I was ar initially arrested, I was at the the police station. Okay. So yeah, they hold you there until you know. Then I was pulled out and put into the interrogation room, um, just like you see it in the movies, man. The, with the big mirror in there, yeah. and you know the the detectives trying to grill your ass and, and oh, we're going to get yeah, into man. them. We're going to get into those, yeah. those detectives <laughs> later on, man. Trust. Yeah, man. I have a quick question going, um, mm -hmm. well, I'm going right off of you know, talking about, um, not even knowing her and the, the prosecution, um, mm -hmm. prosecutor, Beth Silverman, um, said that, um, connected you because she testified at your brother's hearing. Is, is that correct? Yeah, you know, uh, um, the story, you know, it did like combine like my story, which is actually, you know, a branch from my brother's story. You know, he was involved in a very serious crime. Um, it was what was that about maybe six months before, you know, the murder of Martha Puebla. And, you know, it was about it was beginning of May. 2003 and my brother had the, his huge preliminary hearing uh, to see if he was going to stand trial or not and um you know he was a, a driver um and you know just you know and just a a, a reckless and just a a very bad uh, you know bad being decisions. at the wrong place at the wrong time it's just uh, all that combination of bad decisions and and all that. So he was caught up in a very serious crime and, you know, his preliminary hearing in May, you know, he wanted us, his family, uh, to we're a family of, um, seven, you know, my mom and dad and five brothers and sisters, Oh wow! my brother being the oldest and now second oldest. And then I have three younger sisters. So, you know, my brother wanted us to, um, show support in his preliminary hearing, you know, the judges, you know, they looked down on that, you know, um, as a good thing. So, you know, he wanted all of us to come, but my dad, you know, all he wants to do is work. It's all he knows. My mom, she has a, like a, like kind of a, an outrageous, you know, fear of, of heights and just, you know, nervous person. And so she wasn't going to go. This is a ninth story, you know, uh, core building. And then my, my three younger sisters were younger. So that left me. And to be a good brother, I said, you know, I'll go and, you know, support, I'll right? Show, show, show you, show some family support. We've been there. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all family. And I think most of, yeah, right. The, 
So I'm sitting in court, you know, watching the preliminary hearing play out. And Martha, who was a um, um, police witness to my brother's um, co-defendant, I saw her testify in all that. But it had nothing to do with my brother because even after she was done testifying, which in 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 all reality and truth she said nothing like yeah. um right. you know it, it's really sad that you know the lapd used her right and you know she never said a word but anyways you know when she was done testifying my my brother's my attorney my brother's attorney stood behind him and put his hands on his shoulders and said you know your honor just for the record i just want to point out and he asked martha that was on the stand she's like do you know my client and she looked at my brother and she's like no my brother, we didn't know her at all, but, you know, that day I seen her testify and then, you know, fast forward, what was it? Three months, the LAPD and the DA are saying that I went that day to the preliminary hearing to see her, who it was. And then, you know, later, you know, shoot and kill her, which that's, was, and I, and I think, that, but. Yeah, and I think that's the, my, my big question to you is, you know, you, you see this, uh, sorry, hi, you see this, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you're watching this, this film after it's mm-hmm. been produced and after it's been put out there and, and you're, you're seeing them admit that mm-hmm. she didn't actually say anything that, that, that would cause anybody to reach out and, you know, have animosity. Uh, yeah, have animosity yeah, have or, or animosity, go back yeah. at her. Okay. Yeah, it, it was it mm-hmm. was like it was very clearly pointed out in the film that she mm-hmm. didn't say anything. Not enough to warrant a hit, right? Yeah. And so my question is, you know, seeing those types of things come out in the documentary, how what's going on through your mind when you're hearing those things and in and they're out there for everybody to see. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, any normal person, you know, it's infuriating. It's just, you know, it, 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 it makes you, you know, if there's a good reason to feel anger and rage, I mean, that's it, you know, because, you know, we're, we're taught that, you know, that growing up that the police are good guys and, you know, they're there to protect and to serve. But I mean, I guess like in all, you know, trades and in, in, in all kinds of, you know, areas, there's, you always have some bad apples because not all policemen are, are bad people. It's just, you know, these, these small, um, you know, the just, there's always, you always have a few bad apples and, and just, you know, those guys, they make everyone else look bad. And, um, you know, I think it, it speaks volume. It's sad that, you know, from, you know, I've read books from, you know, 50, 70 years ago and, and, and it's the same story as today. And it just, you know, my story is one of thousands of, you know, of so many, you know, just our, our, our country is the, I believe the greatest country in the world, but you know, the judicial system is, it's, I'm not sure if it's broken or if it was, you know, set up that way to, um, you know, you as being a, a person of color, you know, it sucks to say that, you know, you're already behind the eight ball. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, but it's definitely, you know, infuriating to see those things. I, I understand when people message me and they're, you know, they, they say that they, they feel the, the range, of, the whole range of emotions, which is, you know, anger and sadness and, you know, gladness and just happiness and just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I know it's tough 
when I watched it the first time, it was very tough for me to watch it. When it came out, you know, they let us watch it a day before it, it dropped on Netflix. And I was speechless. Like, I didn't know what to think, what to, how to react to it. I just, it, it felt, uh, I don't know, because I had never saw the final product up until the day before. And then, you know, I, I didn't know what to think. And, and as the, the movie, you know, came out and just getting feedback from different people, you know, I, it, it was, uh, it was amazing to, to hear these, these things. And because it's been, honestly, I know in, in, in most of life, you know, you're always going to have positive and, and negative, you know, people, but, you know, for the, for the, the, I want to say 99% of the feedback I've gotten has been all positive, which has been a, a, a beautiful thing to me. Yeah, definitely, man. So when you were going through all this, um, you had, an, there was an informant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sam. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that and what his deal was against you. Well, the, the first time that I walked into court from, you know, from the police station, because, you know, you're held there at the police station. I was there for two or three days and then they, they walk you over that being Van Nuys, a jail, which is connected to the Van Nuys courthouse. So, you know, I was there for two, three days and then they walked me over to the court to, you know, to appear in front of a judge for the first time ever. And that was crazy because, you know, I walked into court, you know, they open the door and I'm walking in and there's a news, there's a TV camera there. And, you know, there seems to be like more people than, uh, it just seemed like, like crowded. And, um, you know, I, I stood up in front of the judge and he said, how do you plead? And of course, you know, I said, not guilty. And then it just real quick. And then they take me back into the holding tank. And at that time I, Todd wasn't in the picture yet. So I had a, um, a, uh, what is it called? A public defender. Yes. A public defender. And, you know, he comes in and he says, Hey man, you're, you're being charged with capital murder. And I'm like, what, what is that? And, you know, they started, he, he started explaining it to me and he says, yeah, they, they say they have a witness, you know, they say they have an informant, you know, that saying that you killed this girl. And I was like, man, that all that is wrong. And, you know, it just, um, as time went on, we did, we never knew who Mr. Sam was until the end of my case, sadly, you know, the, the DA or, the the LAPD would not disclose that information to Todd. I mean, they just played, you know, real, you know, shady tactics, you know. But he was a, another... he was a real person. Yeah, he was a real person. I knew the guy. I went to school with the guy. Oh so, shit! But 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 the thing was that, you know, what do you trust? You know, after you know, yeah. I'm being put in that position. They're trying to take my life away, and you know, they're telling me that this guy, Mr. Sam, who, like I said, I went to school with. He said that he gave them information saying that I was the shooter, which I don't know how that would have even came about because I hadn't seen the guy in years, but he, that he gave them supposedly gave them, um, the vehicle I drove, you know, who was uh, my girlfriend and all this other like stuff, you know, that only someone that knew me would know. But then again, you know, is that really him saying that? Because I know he was, uh, in and out of prison as well, you know, for being, you know, using drugs. And, you know, I didn't know what, what to believe. Mm-hmm. It almost seems to me like, um, in a lot of these kind of situations, that it's more important to just solve and shut the case yeah. than actually mm-hmm. find the truth. Yes. And, yes. and, you know, 
Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, that that's what happened. But in this case, and so many people, I feel like, mm-hmm. get into that trick. And, and fortunately, I mean, they gave everything to try to get you they to, did. And, and, and had they nothing, did. and had nothing. They did. Well, you know, Todd, Todd being a, a, um, a, a hotshot attorney, you know, he, you know, you, that's, that's, you know, his workplace. So, you know, throughout the course, there would be rumblings that, you know, at the time the police chief was, uh, William Bratton. I don't know if you guys remember him, but, yeah. you know, he gave out specific orders that they needed a, to solve that case because, mm-hmm that made them look horrible because, you know, that was supposedly an LAPD witness to a murderer who yeah. ended up getting murdered. So that made them look, you know, so it's very po- bad. Yeah. Political. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, I, um, just talking about Todd, um, yeah, he seems so we love seeing, yeah, we, we were all, we're all big fans. Um, I loved, uh, I loved when he took your case. It was because you just didn't seem like somebody that could do that. And well, no, I mean, on top of that, you just listen to your testimony. Right, right. I feel like anybody mm-hmm. could know that you weren't Absolutely. Murdered. I mean. You listened to it one time. I mean, looking and talking to you now, I mean, it's the same feeling you get when you watch the documentary. Like, there's yeah. no way in hell yeah. that this guy. Well, you don't is, know why I mean, you're in the room. Like, you're just like, why the hell am I here? Yeah, like, can you tell me? The confusion on, on, in your voice and in on your face and, and just... What I was curious about is, have you been in contact with Todd since the trial? And uh, what are your thoughts about Todd? I mean, obviously, you're a semi-fan of him. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know what? I was sad, you know, uh, when I was freed, you know, felt, you know, the happiest a person can feel because I was, you know, free and back with my family. And, you know, but I felt a part of me was sad, you know, thinking that, that was the end of, you know, Todd and I relationship, even though it was a, a, you know, a murder case, a life or death case. um, You know, I was, I felt sad about that, but the next, the the very next day, you know, he, I had the best sleep I ever had in six months, first of all. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, he calls me up and, you know, he just, you know, being typical Todd, you know, with his, I could just picture him always smiling. He's always got a smile on him, man. I love that guy for that. But he said, you know, if you're not doing anything, you know, I'd like for you to come over to my firm, law firm, and I, I want to introduce you to my colleagues and take you out to lunch. Man, I Aww. felt oh, I felt man. like, oh, uh, man, I felt so, like, special. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I told him, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll go there. And you know what? That, from day one, we have had a beautiful friendship. You know, I call him my best friend. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it's someone who I can uh, talk to any time of the day or night. You know, he gives me advice. He's shown me so much. He's I, I, I've met people that are in my wildest dreams that I've never imagined I would meet. I've been to places I would have never imagined I would have gone. And it's all thanks to him. Yeah. And, you know, he's definitely a person that I believe that, you know, God put in my life to to show me the way to teach me, uh, you know, about life, which he has. And, you know, I, I feel very blessed to have him as a friend. And that's true because through that friendship and, you know, watching your story and everything, we're all able to appreciate just life, you know, cause you almost had it taken away from you. Not in yes. the sense of death, but I mean, shit might as well be cause life 
I mean, you were uh, Beth. Was that Silverman? Silverman. She was seeking the death penalty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What well, What happened in those cases is they wanted me to, from the interrogation, um, from the time to the from the interrogation, they wanted me to say that I was guilty. So you know, they kept telling me, you know, just tell us you did it, and you know, we know that you made a mistake, and um, you know, we'll tell the we'll tell the judge. We'll tell the judge to have leniency on you. And I was just like, I denied it all the way, of course. And, yeah. you know, I just, it's very disappointing to, to hear that, that, um, you know, it just, it, it's just a, a bad feeling, you know, yeah, all around. Totally, man. What yeah. kind of dog do you have? Yeah, well, what's going on there? It's, it's uh, that's my daughter's uh, Shaipu. The shy yeah. Is that yeah. is that a, a a Shih Tzu crossed with a, a poodle? poodle? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It yeah, it is. Is. Oh, we're 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 Shih Tzu owners ourselves. I mean, we're we're so we, know. We, we, we love know. we love. Yeah, she's, she's super cute. Yeah, but I mean, she barks for everything. But. Yeah, sorry oh, about that, guys. Oh, what's up? Hey, speaking of your daughter, um, I got to tell you, it was so heartbreaking to you know, watch you listening to her testimony. And, uh, and I was just kind of curious, you know, you know, what was going through your head uh, while that's going on, while she's up there? I think that might, I think that might have been, um, you know, one of the lowest points, uh, you know, throughout the process. Because, you know, it was hard enough just, you know, having to do this, this such um you know hard time you know in all caps hard that you know um first of all thinking you know am i gonna am i gonna be killed and then you know second thinking man am i ever gonna go home but you know my my kids my two daughters that i had at the time i have i've since had a, a son as well so i have three kids by the time it was just our two my two princesses as i call them and man it just, it was so hard because, you know, they had just started um, elementary and I'm the type of dad that, you know, I would wake up in the morning and, you know, I'd be super happy to take them to work. I mean, I'm to work, to school. <laughs> and, and yeah, five, six years old, they were working already. Hell yeah. Get out there and start like making that. daddy some money. Machine <laughs> shopping already. <laughs> But, you know, taking them to school and then helping them with their homework and then to have that all taken away and, you know, just, you know, just like I said, seeing, you know, the things play out and, you know, just very dark times. And, you know, when I would call and, you know, the kids wanted to, you know, they, they didn't know, you know, they wanted to know when I was coming home and, you know, that, that just, that, that would kill me every time. But that one time, the the part that you see in the documentary where she's testifying, that just uh, that just broke me inside because, um, you know, I, 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 to have them, uh, my family dragged through this as well. You know, it was just very uh, super tough, super tough to to witness. It's like, it feels like it piss you off because your your daughter is gonna going through something that she never should have to go through. Yeah, was there oh, any yeah, trauma like, after that? Like all the worst emotions, just to answer Elise's question. I mean, the I just the worst emotions you can feel that was all balled up in inside of me. You know, anger, frustration, you know, just uh, sadness, everything. Just 
yeah, like I wanted to just every time I was in court, like I wanted to just roar like a lion and yeah. just, you know, just say, you know, what are you, you guys go. doing? You know, this, this is fair. you guys got the wrong person. You know, <laughs> get me out of here. It's but like you can't a, say a nightmare. word. Yeah. yeah. You can't say a word. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. horrible. I'm actually curious of like, where is your daughter now and how is she doing? Uh, the well, which one? The oldest one that the was one, uh, yeah. the, the one that was at the game, Melissa. Yeah. So, and she was in the end of the documentary. That was her, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting with you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, she's grown. Right. She's yeah. grown. Oh yeah. 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 She's, 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 she's an adult. She looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I know. She's, she's like, a big. Thank you. She's a big, beautiful uh, young woman now. She's uh, 22 years old now, and uh, yeah, she was six back then. But I mean, I'm. I got to say, you know, not just saying to say it, but, you know, I was been blessed to with great kids. Um, They're both both of them. uh, Melissa's 22 and Mariah's 21 They're about a year and a half apart. And um, they're great kids. They're in college as we speak, you know, transferring to um, to uh, to the university soon. And, you know, one of them wants to be like. Yeah, thank you. One of them wants to, you know, major in psychology to help troubled teens, which, man, that when they told me that, I was like, wow, like, I never even, you know, never told them what to do. I always, you know, I tell them, you got to go with what you love and, you know, what your passion, you got to find a passion to, you know, what, what drives you, what inspires you. You know, I never uh, wanted to be the parent to, you know, do this and do that. So, you know, I want them to find themselves and, you know, so Melissa wants to major in psychology and then Mariah, my youngest daughter, she wants to major in criminal justice, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, you know, that she still feels anger towards what happened to me. And, you know, she um, she's just got a passion about it. You know, mm-hmm. she's a she's very argumentative, which is uh, <laughs> I guess that would be a good thing Why for her. And that me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, going you need to you need to go into some type of uh, you know debate or something yeah. like that because yeah that that would be a good thing for her I think <laughs> yeah I think that's beautiful kind of silver lining is that yes. they have this connection and this experience that is going to drive them to succeed and and to go into I think that's really lovely how that happens a lot of true crime is they you take this experience and roll with it and make something good and do something good. At the end of it. Oh yeah, they were super psyched when the when all this was happening, and then finally when Netflix came in came along, they were super excited, and of course they became you know super popular with their friends. They're like, hey, you know, kids <laughs> they hadn't talked to in so long. Hey, can we hang out? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. no, nope. uh, <laughs> that's so cute. That's awesome. Well, I had so like for me, um, mm-hmm. kind of round out my questions. I think the the biggest moment and that gave me and I think the reason I attached to it so much is that moment when you see in the curb your enthusiasm clip of you and your daughter going um when you saw what what did you see like when did you first see that clip and was it in the documentary or was it before and and what were your emotions because I know everybody that I've showed that's when the tears start happening yeah well when I the first time I ever saw that clip was in court and, you know, I didn't even, Todd didn't even show it to me before he showed it to the court, which was the, to the prosecutor and to the detectives and to the judge. That was the first time I ever saw that clip was in preliminary hearing when Todd, you know, presented that piece of evidence. 
but I was just blown away like anyone else, you know, because in my mind, when I explained to Todd everything, you know, that I remembered from that night, I was positive that I walked in front of, in front of the camera with Melissa, but I didn't know if they destroyed that piece, you know, were they filming? I did, I didn't know what was going on. I just remember thinking, you know, that night of the Dodger game that, I thought, oh, wow, this is pretty cool, you know, really cool that I'm on TV, never imagining that, you know, the importance that it would have, you know, you know, later down the line, it was yeah. just unbelievable. And, say, you know, when they showed it in, in court, Serious. when they showed it in court, you know, you can hear the actual people gasping for air in the back of the courtroom that yeah. was behind me. And I was, you know, because I was always, Todd always told me, you know, look straight ahead, don't look left, right backwards nothing just look straight ahead and uh yeah that's the first time that i saw it but um, yeah when we all saw that i was like wow dude there you are and you're like sitting there (laughs) (laughs) oh there he is oh hold on what's this It's a home run, dog. Yeah. Well, so have you seen that episode? And is it your favorite oh, episode of it? Yeah, I have. I, oh, definitely it is. And you know what? And it's, you know, people say, you know, I'm biased towards that episode. But man, that episode. Yeah. Man, be biased. That, that episode is hilarious. Like, yeah. seriously. Like, seriously. Like, just so funny when I ended up, you know, looking who look uh finding who finding out who larry david was and just i'm like man this guy is hilarious you know he's a genius when it comes to comedy yeah. and you know i bought i don't know how many seasons of curbs, you know, just <laughs> tell to, me about uh, it, uh, have it. i wish I, I wish the cut would have made you know us walking in but of course you know we cut larry david off which you know at that time too i, I remember thinking Man, I hope the PA doesn't get fired for for that because oh, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know that, but when I was walking down, like I was like, oh damn, you know, like in my head, I'm like thinking this guy just let us in. If <laughs> this person that's being filmed just got cut off, I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't get fired. <laughs> that's but, the um, uh, unspoken hero right there, dude. Because if he yeah. would have just yeah. held his guard like he was supposed yep. to, he did his job. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys would never have been on that scene. Oh, I love watching his yeah, reaction. Yeah, his reaction. When he yeah, sees his it for the first time is watch is the do- in the documentary, and he just that's what like, everyone's face looks there, like. When there they is, watch it. and it's it is it's exactly what everybody's your feeling. It's like wait, it's just oh my him. god, wait. it's like so clear. Oh. You see your entire face, every every little thing you can see. It's so oh. obvious, and that leads me yeah. to the question of: so they have you on tape. You're obviously you're there. Mm-hmm. But then they tell you that there was still doubt. That yeah, yeah, that was um, that was Todd, you know, being Todd, because he knew that that as powerful as that video was, me being caught in, in front of the uh, the HBO um, camera, it wasn't enough because you know I didn't know this, but you know I, all I was told that all production video ha- is time coded. So, you know, we knew, Todd knew, that the last time that I was on camera was 9-11, I believe, 9-10. So that still left, you know, an hour and a half, you know, of, you know, that, you know, the prosecutor and the detective saying that I left early. 
but um you know todd uh like i said being todd he he went back to work and you know i when he told me this you know i i felt like i was already headed home that that's the feeling yeah. that i got yeah, because you know i'm like oh i'm i'm on video that's it you know yes. that's what else do we need yeah but you know todd you know being a you know brilliant lawyer you know he's like it's not enough so you know i, I put my head down and and i said okay fine you know i'll wait again i'll wait more and you know just you know it kept getting harder and harder i mean the stress and and the just the uncertainty was killing me i was i was eating every single day i ate my food you know the whatever that that is that they serve <laughs> in there but you know mystery meat as they call it oh, but um i was still i was still losing weight so it just you know it, it is a testament to the the power of the mind because the stress was literally eating me alive i was yep. i have always weighed around you know at that time like around 180 and one time that you know we went out to um out to the yard you know i was weighing like 163 or something like that and i was wow. like how's that possible How's that possible if I'm eating every day? And, you know, some of the few friends that, you know, I trusted in there, you know, every time they would see me because they switch you in around dorms, you know, they take you from L.A. County, which is Men's Central Jail, to up to Wayside, as they call it, which is up in Castaic to the Pitches Detention yeah, Center. Way and, up there, bro. Yeah, way up there. Like so Magic every time Mountain I would run into, yeah, every time I would run into like, uh, you know, people that I, I that I got to know uh, pretty well in there, you know, they're like, man, you're wasting away. And I go, what do you mean? They're like, you know, they kept seeing me just thinner and thinner and thinner. And I couldn't, until I saw the scale that day, that freaked me out. Like, man, whoa, you know, this well, was. The, the cover picture that they used, man. I mean, I thought when I first saw the, on Netflix, you know, when you're just scheming mm -hmm. through. Yeah, I thought you were just a kid, man. Like, yeah, like a man. chavalo, like I was a kid, 20, kid. I was 25. I thought that was one of those, uh, what do you call them when they put kids in jail shows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know the ones. Yeah, like a scare straight. That's what I thought it was. Because you look so young and small, you know, compared to when you're telling the story. You know, you look like size-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, I'm 6'1". My height is 6'1". And I've always been around 180. But, you know, as I, you know, there when this happened, you know, back in 03, I was 25 years old. I'm now 42 now. But, yeah, no, I've, I've put on weight now, of course, you know. <laughs> like to say all muscle, but, you know, that's just. Uh, <laughs> that's COVID. We all know. Yeah. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> What's weird to me, and this is kind of off topic, but, like, you and Ernesto have very similar time frames mm -hmm. and similar just, you, your guys' stories are similar, different, but. But similar-ish. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, your daughter's in, ages, your ages, yeah. when you were there. Yeah, because uh, my da our daughter's uh, 23. 23. She just turned 23 this this week. But, oh, you wow. Know, she just went through the criminal justice program, so she's trying to be a cop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And coming from L.A., you know, that's what I was thinking the whole time I was watching this because I was born and raised down there. You know, I moved up here. And got my life. But that drawing, you know, that could have been me. Yeah. You know, and every yeah. every fool from my block, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we all look yeah. like, if I shave this part, that's me right now. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that, that was also, you know, something that, you know, that, that made me, you know, frustrated and angry was, 
you know, let's go down downtown LA and we'll pick a hundred guys that you know, like it looks like everyone. <laughs> that, that <a> mustache. <laughs> that's that's like you right every- now, bro. You better, you better either grow the rest I, or yeah, shave I'm the rest. Glad I'm you like, saved, it's you like yeah, saved it. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad you you saved the mustache. You didn't let it. You didn't let them get to you. You didn't let the man man shave you down. <laughs> yeah, dog. No, they say because people joke around with me. They're like, dude, you look identical to when it happened. And it's like, you, would, you would think that you know you'd want to change something, but no. you know, I've I've, I've let yeah. my hair grow out a bit. You know, when I was younger, for forever, I just always had. I I don't know why, but you know, like a a two clip uh, on the cut. top of the head, and mm. just, yeah, like a fade. You know, I I just forever I had it like that, and I've since let my hair grow out. You know, just a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, and I comb it now. So I mean, that's just um, that's that's all. But yeah, well, I got a I got a compliment, you, man. As a as another forty two year old in the room that. Uh, Feels like I'm I'm doing an okay job at aging. Uh, you, sir, you are are crushing it, man. Oh, no, no, you better look good, Nate. You better Wait. look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to all of us in our forties. Give those give those forty year old men a, a heads up on how to look. Oh. So, um, yeah, that's to right. You. That's right. As for the uh, Dodgers, and it was the GM, right? Um, you you got any? Uh, you still hang out with them or talk to them or what's your relationship with the uh, Dodgers franchise? Well, the gentleman, the gentleman that you see in the documentary, that's um, Sam Fernandez. He is an amazing human being. You know, Todd, uh, from what Todd tells me, you know, from the day one that he called the Dodgers to tell them the situation, they were more than welcoming. I mean, Sam being, you know, vice president and then, you know, senior counsel, which is ridiculous from the Dodgers. And, you know, Todd had everything he asked for and some, and Mm. it's just, you know, beautiful. I thank God for, for Sam, for, to the entire organization. I mean, growing up a Dodger fan, it, it it doesn't get any better that to know that, you know, your, your team that you rooted for since you were a little kid, you know, you are all of a sudden, you know, in a life or death situation and they are just, they open up the doors to Todd. It just, I can't thank them enough. And, you know, I, I, I speak to Sam, you know, uh, from time to time. Um, re- most recently was when we won, you know, I was just blessed uh, to be <laughs> able to, I was being in, yeah. I was in Dallas to watch them win it, which was crazy That's to awesome. me. You know, it just, I went, all season because of the COVID and this crazy year, I went to one Dodger game all yeah. season, and it was that one oh, game. Oh, oh, what a game. Oh, that well, was, that game. was that was crazy. <laughs> I would never, I will never ever forget this. I'll yeah. tell everybody, you know, my kids and my grandkids, and just, I mean, it, it's Sam. You know, I emailed him and I told him my thoughts, and you know, he responded, you know, with a beautiful email response and. We, we have a, a I want to say, um, a nice relationship. And, you know, I, I've gone out, you know, the Dodgers, I reached out to them before as well. A um, couple teachers um, from time to time will reach out and say if I'm willing to go speak to, you know, their kids. And most of these Aww. kids are underprivileged schools. And, you know, for kids, that's my weak spot. So, you know, I go and, you know, to hoping that, you know, I can teach, you know, at least one kid about, you know, the importance of education and all that. And, 
you know, I reached out to Sam this particular time, this last time that I w- went out to school and I said, Hey, Sam, you know, I'm going to go talk to these kids. And I was just wondering, you know, you guys have any, I know you guys do the giveaways. Is there anything that you guys have left over? And he's like, say no more. And, you know, they gave me like 200 hats and like sealed baseball cards and stickers and bookmarks and all these. And the kids were just floored. You know, yeah. they were oh. just it was unbelievable, <laughs> amazing, humbling feeling experience to to be able to do that for yes, them. Sir. Shout out to the Dodgers, baby. 32-year-old 30, mm-hmm. uh, slump, you know, broke. Uh, that, uh, yeah. that was Valenzuela, no? Uh, no, Hershiser. Hershiser, that's right. Hershiser, Earl. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Earl. You, you got, the Dodgers actually have a, a, a big connection to us here in the Eugene, Oregon area. And, uh, that oh, really? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Cody Bellinger, actually. Uh, he is from Eugene, Oregon. And, oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah. And, I thought uh, he was from. I thought he was from Arizona, or did he just grow up out there? He went to university. Oh, went to university. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he actually is uh, really close friends with the U of O quarterback uh, uh, Shuck, who uh-huh. uh, who's our new quarterback this year. And uh-huh. so he's a big Dodgers fan as well. So you got you got an Oregon following uh, of the Dodgers besides everybody that's ever lived in L.A. that is now you know covering the planet. Or me, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah they, I didn't they, know that. Yeah, both their families are really close. In fact, they were like grew up as like kind of best friends. So that was kind uh-huh. of a cool a little side note. But I think the most important question uh, that I have for you is: Are you Clippers or Lakers, man? <laughs> Oh man, let me see. Let me stand up. Let me stand up a little. Oh bit. no! Oh no! I knew it! 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 That's okay. Oh, yeah, but that's Kobe. It's okay. It's Kobe. You're you're allowed to be a fan of Kobe and still like the Clippers more. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I got. I, I I'm a Clippers fan. But are you? It, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, He's a converted. I'm from Clippers. the old school. No, though. I remember. I remember when. Um, you know when everything Who, started Barry down Grant there. And those guys, yeah. But uh, Danny Manning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I'm an underdog. I'm a Raider fan, also. So you know how we yeah. do it. <laughs> and, oh, definitely, man. Hey, sports is a to me, sports is a beautiful thing because yes. it unites people and it brings people together. And you know, the I think sports should be enjoyed by everyone. Mm. And you know, it just sucks that when you have a couple of knuckleheads that want to take it to the extreme and I don't know why they want to look at teams or sports as like gangs or rivals or, I mean, I get the whole rivalry thing, but you know, you spend a lot of money to go to these games and, you know, families and just enjoy your time and just, you know, sports is a beautiful thing. If you, I mean, I appreciate it so much from different sports, you know, I just watching their art and, you know, them work to me is, I'm in awe. I feel like a kid every single time that, you know, it can be baseball, basketball, football, soccer. I just, you know, I'm I'm just a, a huge sports fan all around. What's your college team? Uh, SC. SC? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good it's not yeah, UCLA yeah. since we just beat you. <laughs> <laughs> since we just beat you. Today. <laughs> so, I, um... I was listening to you uh, on another podcast, you know, Alfred mm-hmm. Robles and the uh, mm-hmm. Latino oh, yeah, Happy yeah, Hour, Alfred, man. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Latino Happy Hour. Yeah, man, that's a those guys are funny, man. That's a funny uh, podcast that you got going on over there. Yeah, we all we all get along, you know. We're all like in, uh-huh. in this little little click thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, 
But I heard that you were uh, you were locked up with a rapper. Yeah, man. Uh, with uh, I don't know if you well, if you're my age, you remember Drew Down, the Mac of the, the year. Mac of the year. He, he was in give there with up, him. Give it up. Give it to me. The big Mac. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> yeah, man. That was uh, that was funny, man. That just came out of nowhere. One of my you know good friends that I got into get in there, Paya Payaso, and you know he was just. You know, he would always, you know, talk to um, to the brothers in there. I mean, you know, it just jail. I don't think a lot of people know this, but, you know, the tension, the racial tensions in jail is just it's something that politics, just, man, the politics in there, man. It's a bunch of BS, you know, but, you know, you have rules and stuff and, you know, you, there's, there's segregation, bro. You know, there's, you know, you got the Hispanics, you know, South Side and then you got you know, the paisas, you know, and then you got the brothers, you got, you know, the whites and all this stuff. And it just, it sucks, man. But, you know, we try, you know, at least the, the normal people, you know, the, the, the decent people, you know, they want to find, we want to find a common ground to, you know, to be able to speak, to not always be at each other's throats. And, you know, Payaso was one of those guys. And, you know, there was, he always kept like open dialogue, 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 Dialogue. <laughs> I can't even say it. Dialogue. Yeah, that's no, you and me dialogue. both, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was always a friendly guy. And, you know, he, from just talking to the other inmates, you know, it ended up being that Drew Down was there, man. And, you that's know, he's, if I also awesome. was like, that's not you. And he's like, come on, spit some lyrics. And he's like, nah, nah. <laughs> and he, just, he, clowned him, he clowned him so much that the guy started rapping. And I was like, oh, wow, it oh, is. Shit. Drew Down. <laughs> <laughs> it is Drew Down. That's awesome. That was crazy, man. But, uh, that is that cool. is awesome, bro. So one one of the things dialogue. Um, That's what I'm not a dialogue family. It came out. Dialogue. <laughs> one of the things I always ask everybody that comes on the show um, uh-huh. is, since this is flashback with the homies, do you have a flashback story? It could be about anything at all, but some that you might want to share. La focus. Uh, Flashback, so time-wise, doesn't matter nope. what time. Hmm, I don't know. What do you guys want? Fa- uh, funny, happy, funny. sad. Funny. You know, funny. What, yeah, we like funny because we already <laughs> know. We already know you through Netflix and what yeah, we know. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, let me tell you guys the day that I met Larry David. Then oh, let's okay. do this. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, it maybe like within a year that I was I was released. So this must have had been like in 04. So we were contacted through a third party that had some type of connection with HBO. And I still remember the guy's name. His name was Jesse Gordon that was in charge of the project. So he reached out to Todd and I and he said, hey, listen, you know, we want to put together, you know, a short video of, you know, your case. And, you know, we want to, you know, incorporate the curb, um, you know, the show into this piece. And this is a, a video. It's called The Case for Curb. I don't know if you guys can find it. I have a copy somewhere here at home, but it's about eight, nine minutes long. And it is a great piece that no one, you know what? It's funny because you know how now in your cable, oh, I don't know what cable, what cable companies do you guys have out there? Comcast. What do you guys have? Uh, Comcast. So, so is it like, well, we have Spectrum here. Yeah, we got Spectrum. It, uh, you know how. So when you have premiums, you know how you could go into the the extras and then go in there and watch the movies? You guys have that, right? So in this particular time, they put HBO, put this video, A Case for Curb, in the HBO section. 
And for a, a short while, you were able to watch it. But a lot of people didn't know that. Like, literally, no one knew that. Anyways, they gave us a piece, right? So we go down. They invite us down. We agreed. We go down to Santa Monica into these, like, look like abandoned buildings. And we go in there and, you know, we go into a room. They got the, the camera set up. And we interviewed Todd and I. And, you know, little did we know that that was the case, uh, the the Curb Your Enthusiasm studios, the HBO studios, wow. you would have uh, never have known. And, and it makes sense now, you know, they don't want people, you know, snooping around or whatever. Right, but, right. you know, we we finished up, we, we wrapped up everything. And then Jesse stepped out. He comes back in like super excited. And he says, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. He goes, I can't uh, promise you guys anything. But Larry David is next door. They're editing right now. I'm going to go ask them if he's willing to meet you guys and, you know, are you guys okay with that? I'm like, yeah, you know, let's meet Larry David. Yeah, man, so, I've spent like you know, $400 buying his, his show. <laughs> right? So he goes, so he goes and comes back and he's like, oh my gosh, he agreed. He goes, he goes, but I need to tell you guys something, okay? He goes, uh, Larry David has a big thing about shaking hands. He will not do it. He's a big germaphobe. Oh, and man. Like, okay, like Howie Mandel. This is a 15 year. This is 15 years before COVID, <laughs> before COVID. So, oh, poor man. you know, he, uh, we, we just said, sure, no, that, no problem. You know, we won't take offense to it. So we, he walks us over to this office. We walk in and it's like Larry David and these heavyweights from Hollywood, his producers. And I'm just like, I'm in awe, you know, like, oh, wow. You know, so much, you know, uh, first of all, how much money and how much uh, talent is in this room? Yes. And then Holy crap. Larry David gets up. He walks over to me and puts his hand oh, out to me. And shakes your hand. And I'm like, wow. Like, I, I was just like, you know, stunned. That's and I took his hand. Wow. Yes. And, and then uh, the, the, the funny story was that, so when I was released, um, Todd had mentioned to me before that, you know, people were going to want to talk to me. And... Good Morning America, sure enough, contacted us. They flew us out to New York. We did Good Morning America, the Today Show. They oh, wow. put us out in time, put us up in Times Square at the Millennium. Beautiful. I'd never Aww. been in New York. Never been in New York. And I had the I had the like I don't know ten New York experiences all in one. I did the Yankees subway. I did everything. But we did a from running around from from studio to studio. We did a small clip for Member Access Hollywood. I think it's still yeah. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, this lady, she interviews me real quick, like a few minutes. And it, it was, a uh, you know, they, they reached out to Larry David. And, you know, his, in typical Larry David fashion, just said, you know, you know, Juan hasn't called me. You know, you, you would think, you know, you save a guy's <laughs> life and he would pick up the phone and, hey, hey, Larry, thanks for saving my life. Sure. <laughs> so he says that story. My aunt, my dad's sister, who lives down in San Diego, sees this video. And she calls my dad pissed the F off saying, <laughs> why doesn't Juan call Larry and thank him thinking oh, that, you know, he's serious. I'm like, no, tia. I go, it's a, it's a joke. He's a comedian. You know, don't take it like that. But Todd tried to get a hold of Larry for the longest. And that man is untouchable. Larry yeah. David, you know, and, 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 you know, yeah, he's, you know, he's just got that. He's just a genius, and you know he's untouchable. Seinfeld, bro, so, he's Seinfeld. You know, Come on. You yeah. So good. Todd, Todd, before we walked into that room, told, tells me, "Hey, you gotta ask him why didn't didn't he never return our call?" And I'm like, "Dude, why you gotta always put me in these situations?" <laughs> so after, so after he shakes my hand, 
you know, I, 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 Todd says, hey, Larry, Juan's got a question for you. And he looks over at me. He's like, yeah, what is it? And I was like, fuck. I'm like, dude. Put I me go, in the spot. I go, I go, hey, why didn't you ever return our call? He's like, huh? <laughs> and, you know, he's like, what are you talking about? And Todd jumps in. You know, we try to get a hold of you. You know, we, we, we left messages. And, and Larry David, you know, he probably got him. He's like, I never got any messages. You know, he just, you know, it let it for him. And then I, I told them the story about my aunt. And I had the entire room laughing, which was nuts to me. You know, these guys make millions of people laugh, and there oh, I am making cool. them laugh. Oh, so, I mean, what that an was, amazing story. That's fucking great. I hope you guys like that story. Oh, no, Larry David. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Man, that's a great one, man. Thank you so much for the time, man. And yeah, it, man. it was a pleasure You're welcome. having you on. And, um, you know, hopefully we get you on again and share some more of these crazy stories. Because aside from the Netflix special that everybody knows and has seen and mm -hmm. they know you through. I mean, I want to get deeper, man. I want to know everything cause that we didn't cover on, like uh, what happened after what happened, you know, a little before that. So I definitely yeah, want to yeah, have no, you no, back on. You. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to. I'm in the process of uh, writing a book. There you and go. That is gonna cover. That's gonna cover my childhood, which uh, strangely a lot of people want to know about. Yeah. And you know, throughout this the the whole um the whole court proceedings throughout the you know the murder case, and I think the 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 best part of all this is all of the stuff that came after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you know um you know I I never graduated from high school. And it was in there that, you know, I realized how much time I had spent, you know, when I got out, I promised myself and God that I, if I had another chance, I would. So, you know, being released, I went and got my study for my GD. I got it, passed it. That's then I went up, to man. college. Then I went to college. I got my associate's degree in just general education, Great. liberal arts, I think they call it. And now I'm working on my bachelor's in business. Congratulations, so, man. To, That's where it's to at. Teach that to my kids and anyone who else wants to take it for inspiration or, yes. I mean, anything is possible. It's just, you know, it's all about hard work and determination and perseverance and, you know, and faith and hope. So, yeah, yep. Um, yeah I'll definitely, you know, once that I'm, 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 I'm looking at it uh, to be finished that within the next six months, I'm hoping. Hell yeah, yeah, man. You know, Talk about well, if this. you uh, if you get an influx of Oregon viewers and fans, it's because of me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. L yeah. Let me uh, send me your uh, DM me your address. I can send you a check at least. Okay. <laughs> hey. Thank you. I might do that. As her husband, I will no. accept. Strictly business. Strictly yeah. business. Um, Man, yeah, well, anybody else so got much. questions? Anybody got anything? I am just, I'm just so uh, it's been such a delight getting to like visit with you, man. You are just as incredible as you, uh, you. Uh, seemed on the documentary. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Definitely, appreciate definitely, that. Appreciate man. that, man. Humble. Very humbling. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well, you so much. From all of us at Flashback with the Homies, man, we just want to say thank you so much. And um, where can they reach you? Where can they find you? Um, on, uh, on social media, I'm only on Instagram, okay. uh, but it's just my name, Juan Catalan and then 31. So Juan Catalan 31 on okay. Instagram. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, and what season and episode were you on uh, real quick? <laughs> you know what? I don't know that off the top of my head. I'd have to look for it. I, I'd we'll get back it to you, but I know it's awesome. But I know it's the carpool lane. 
Yes, we all know the story with uh, sugar. 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 Dude, I met I met Kim Whitley at a party. That I, there's so many stories. It'll go all in the book. I mean, it just, yeah. it's crazy. Well, it's for like promo, you will be you'll be back on the show promoting yeah. it, right? Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Once I get this, and you know, I want to you know do a uh, definitely go on 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 multiple sites and. You know, people that have invited me in, into the to their podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank and you. Yeah, definitely. Well, we Appreciate can it. we can do this. Yeah, yeah we're definitely definitely uh, blessed to have you on, man. Thank you so much for everything. And everybody watch this documentary because it's amazing. Yes, the long <laughs> shot on Netflix. This is Ernesto Grumzella. Thank yeah. you so much, you. Juan Catalan, Elise in the building, Becky, Nate. Doggy dog. Now I'm headed to the county. Gotta do a bit here. I'm used to living luxurious. I don't wanna live here. The walls is gray, the clothes is orange. The phones is broke, the food is garbage. A lot of niggas is living with these circumstances. SP's the same, I still murk your manses. Drug money to rap money, work advances. Ran and told I should have murked the Kansas. Got popped for a murder attempt. Knocked me on D block when I was burning the hemp. Had a brick in the stash. Hope they don't take it to a further extent. Locked up and they won't let me out. When I hit my cell block, know the threat me out. <laughs>